Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the rare Tuesday edition of The Yard, elected to punt yesterday, middle of the day, because I thought, wait, Let's wait and talk to Jeff Lebby because we'll have more to talk about, more, more things you care about. You know, we can always fill 90 minutes for sure. But, uh, yeah, made the decision yesterday to push today Monday show to Tuesday. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back on schedule. But just felt that was the better way to go. It was a busy day around here, as you can imagine. And I, and I can share with you, too, it has been an exhausting search for your good friend and host. Uh, it has been. And I think that the uh, the content that we were able to produce over at jeanspage.com uh, was second to none. And uh, the numbers certainly show that. Show you guys, too, interesting, kind of some insider trading here. Uh, the day Zach Arnett was fired, we got 1.3 million views that day. Uh, it's, it's big news. It is. Uh, but it's been a very different search for me, obviously, as uh, some of the people that I used to rely on are no longer at Mississippi State. But uh, I think we did a great job. I want to commend everybody on our staff uh, for their contributions. I made a post about that on Gene's page the other day. Uh, while um, most of the updates have my names on them, uh, everybody contributes in some respect. And uh, Mike Nemeth, Dave Murray, uh, I am so incredibly blessed to have those individuals on our staff and uh, available to me. Uh, there were times uh, in my career that uh, I, d- I didn't have those resources. Uh, Mike Nemeth, of course, uh, ran media relations at Mississippi State uh, really from 1985 until he retired. Very fortunate to have added him to our staff and uh, just does a tremendous job. And Dave Murray, of course, a guy that's covered these searches for many times. And media's changed so much over the years. And uh, I say this, and please understand, I'm not being critical of anybody, okay? I just want to talk about how things have evolved. You know, used to, we'd have a coaching search, and then we'd read about the hire the next day in the newspaper. That was it. You know, maybe it would make the radio. You know, the breaking news on your local radio station. But Mississippi State had come to terms with a coach, and uh, we'd present the coach, and then there'd be a press conference, and then it'd be in the paper the next day. Nowadays, things happen instantaneously. You know, it's because of the, the glory of Al Gore's internet, we can get information to you all that are so invested in Mississippi State sports in an instant. And uh, our message board's a big part of that, obviously, but we write a ton of content. And, and uh, I remember a day not too terribly long ago, went over at Gene's page, uh, we'd have like two stories a day. If we did three, it was a big day. Now we do 10 plus a day. And uh, a lot of that too is because there, you know, listen, there are a lot of people that come through our state and cover Mississippi State and they're on to something else. Uh, I was given those same opportunities myself. But this is where I want to be. I would rather use my talents to help tell the Mississippi State story than really anything else. And uh, we've done it in so many different uh, venues, of course. You know, there's a, and we have, you know, 
the website, obviously, of course, and there's this show and uh, write the books, things of historical nature. So really proud of the job that we've done. I want to thank all of our new subscribers. We have a record number of subscribers at Gene's page, uh, despite the fact that there's a you know, new competition in the marketplace. It's been, uh, it's been incredible. And I want to say thank you to, to all of you uh, for putting your trust in us to bring you uh, information about your Bulldogs. And uh, so i got a lot to talk about with the Jeff Levy hire. Uh, I'll have an article later today uh, kind of behind the scenes, kind of now that it's over. Uh, share with you some things, explain some things, and uh, why certain candidates were mentioned, uh, some other stuff about some of the candidates that I didn't report at the time, but now that it's over, uh, we'll have that piece up today. It will be a VIP piece uh, for our membership. And then as soon as I get done here, I got an ink therapy appointment, and uh, I'll get back and write that article. So today will be a, an easier day for us in some respects, uh, because we don't have to cover a search anymore. And I want to thank again so many people that contributed. There are a lot of people you'll never know their names. A lot of people that took your good friend and host's call and uh, were able to compare notes. Some of the biggest names in college football media, some people in the agent circles. And uh, ultimately, we were able to announce a hire. Uh, not just announce the fact that, hey, it's going to be Jeff Lobby. We did that too. But uh, we had the story out before the university did, officially had the story out. And uh, I'm very proud of that. And I don't know that's ever happened before, to be quite honest with you. Now, we've prepared you guys for an announcement. There are times that the national media will get wind of it before we do. Uh, but we were able to get that out there first. And I'm very, very grateful to the people that made that happen. It's not luck. It's not. You work hard. And uh, the, the thing that I've learned about that stuff, too, you got to make yourself available. It's kind of like the Duty Noble stuff, too. It's like when I got ready to you – know, I'm still working on this, but um, – it's one of those things, uh, once you let people know that you're working on something, there are people that will fill that void for you. you know, people will step up and say, hey, well, I know this person and that person. This person would be a good resource for you. Uh, but when it comes to this coaching search, there are a lot of people that would just routinely write their own story. But I had so many people that said, you know what, see, this is your story to write, and uh, I'm happy to help you. And uh, there are some friendships that I've had over the years that are better friendships because of this search. And uh, I'm extremely, extremely grateful. And uh, we all benefit from that, being able to network with people that uh, may only have like a little nugget, you know. And it's like you start hearing some things out there. One person tells you something, and that, that spurns, uh, you know, or sparks, you know, a conversation with somebody else. And the thing that I've learned about that is when you start getting close to the truth, it kind of spooks people out, especially if they don't want it out yet. And then they'll begin to fill in some blanks. They realize you know more than they think you know. And they're like, you know what? Hey, okay, well, here's the deal. All right? So work with us on this. And we're always happy to do that. We just want the truth. And sometimes the truth is an evolving thing. You know, what's true sometimes today is not true tomorrow. And that's certainly true in the case of, uh, of coaching searches. i tell you what is true. Is you can go get a great quality meal at Bulldog Burger Company right now. How about that? Pack up the car, pack up the kids, pack up the wife, meet your friends, your family, your work colleagues, and go break bread at one of Mississippi's finest restaurants at Bulldog Burger Company. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Uh, go by and have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. You can have an adult beverage. You can have a family night. You get that chocolate shake to go. Uh, I'm a big fan of that Mississippi barbecue burger. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I, every time that I eat it, 
I want to get a second one and bring it home. It's just amazing. There have been times, and you think it's funny, it was one day uh, in particular, I was completely famished, hadn't had lunch, and I went up there and got two Mississippi barbecue burgers. Yeah, two. Uh, tough getting bad that night, <laughs> to be honest with you. Nothing like getting over full and laying your head on a pillow, right? But uh, that's really the case because the portions at Bulldog Burger Company are so generous. Uh, great food at a great price and a great atmosphere run by a great company that, that knows how to feed people. Yeah, simple as that. Uh, go in and have the uh, the Lauren, the Bryant. There's so many great options to choose from. Have that BLT salad. I like it grilled. You may like it fried. Absolutely. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's take a little bit and uh, let's slow down a second, take a deep breath. Let's go back and think about, okay, the weekend, right? So I, I will be honest with you. On Thursday evening, there was a lot of chatter that things were down to two candidates, John Sumrall and Jeff Levy. Uh, Sumrall was interviewed the Sunday of last week, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday that began the week. Jeff Levy was interviewed the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And uh, as we get into Thanksgiving night, there was all of this noise and all this chatter I had some people in the industry saying, hey, Steve, I think it's going to be John Sumrall from, from Troy. You need to watch that game on Friday. It could be something mentioned on the broadcast. And so we began to prepare for that. There was also a ton of smoke about Jeff Levy. And uh, we got some media peers that are friends of ours that cover the Sooners that were more than happy to trade some notes with us. And so it looked then, you know, the day after the Egg Bowl, it's going to be one of these two candidates. And then, of course, we get into – to Saturday, and things are really rocking. I mean, really, really rocking. We watched the John Sumrall game with, against Southern Miss, uh, which they won. By the evening on Saturday night, there were more than enough sources that were saying, Steve, it's going to be Jeff Levy. Hadn't confirmed that, but it's going to be Jeff. It's going to be Jeff. And get into Sunday, and that's all of the chatter on Sunday was Jeff Levy. And uh, fortunately, Due to some coaching contacts that have a relationship with Jeff Levy, we were able to confirm that it was Jeff Levy, uh, put it out on our message boards, and then we get into the announcement on Sunday, and uh, our reporting is validated by the university. And, of course, we're able to get uh, the story out before the university release, which is always a good thing. And you can say, but, Steve, it's just, uh, you know, it's just you know, 20 minutes. And, and here's the thing that I would tell you about that, and, again, I'm so grateful for the sources that we have. You know, if uh, a national media member, Pete Thamel is my friend, uh, if Pete tweets out that we have come to terms with Jeff Levy, it's a tweet for Pete. He doesn't get paid for it, right? I mean, he'll, he may put an article together a little bit later, but it's a tweet. You know, if we do it, it's a meal for us. It's a much bigger deal for us. And to be quite honest with you, uh, I think... All news, good, bad, or indifferent, that comes from a Mississippi State media source is better received by the fan base. And uh, so it's a big thing for us. It validates us as a media entity. Uh, but there have been so many times in my career that I, I've, I've had to argue with people that I've worked with, you know, about reporting negative news. And uh, I, there have been so many times that, you know, we've had a story ready to go and I'd get vetoed in the deal. Well, now that I run the company, you know, I can do what I want to do. But uh, one of the things that was important to me 
several years ago when I moved to Starkville is I wanted to transition Jeans Page away from the fan site model and more towards the legitimate media entity. That was important to me because I wanted people referencing our reports, good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, there have been so many times something's come up in the past that um, you know our attitude would be, well, we'll just let the Clarion Ledger break that. And uh, that was never what I wanted to do. So we've changed. We've evolved uh, with the times, and I think we're better for it. I, I, I hearken back to a, a discussion that, um, that I had with Gene Swindoll about the Andy Cannizzaro news. I mean, we had news that uh, he was going to be fired the next day. Of course, he elected to retire, I mean, excuse me, resign. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we had some screaming matches about all that. We, we did. And I'm like, hey, we have this story. We need to publish this story. And there were some people within the organization that didn't agree with me. You know, it's like, hey, I got to walk in there and talk to those coaches. I said, you're never going to see them ever again, ever. We got a responsibility to our readers, despite the fact this is something extremely negative that will probably derail the season. And ultimately, we end up going to Omaha that year, if you remember, as crazy as that turned to be. But I give Mike Nemeth a lot of credit. You know, Mike is a guy that knows how media works. And so I had Mike have some of those conversations and kind of convince people this is what we needed to do. I said, now, I was, I won't say I was ready to resign, and I won't say that other people were ready to fire me. But I will say this, that it was a very contentious conversation for a bit. And uh, ultimately, we broke that news. I, I think it's better for you all and better for Mississippi State if we're the ones breaking that kind of news. Because if, if it's Kendall Riders and D1 Baseball, all of a sudden it makes us look ill-informed. But also, too, uh, I think we're going to frame this thing up probably the best way. You know, We'll know the people involved. But anyway, let's transition away from that. So, again, we get into Sunday, and uh, University uh, confirms the hire of Jeff Levy. Let's talk about who Jeff Levy is. You know, many people, I read this yesterday, and again, I love all of you, but some of you make my head hurt. I'm just going to say it for what it is. Like, I can't believe that we hired a coach that had been at Ole Miss. Well, I wrote an article about that yesterday because I was curious myself. I knew we'd had some, uh, not many. But uh, it isn't the first time that we've hired a coach that's coached at Ole Miss, including Duty Noble. It's not like everybody's nasty because they go collect a check from Ole Miss, but uh, that was the big thing yesterday. It's like, oh, well, Jeff Levy coached Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin. My response to that is, so (laughs) he did a great job when he was at Ole Miss. I wrote about that yesterday, too. It's interesting, too. You know, I saw the uh, Lane Kiffin tweets – and I don't know if there's any malice or forethought in any of that stuff. I don't know if it's, um, you know, friendly ribbing or whatever. I do think it's an opportunity for Lane to kind of curry favor with the fan base. Uh, you, know, you take a shot at the new Mississippi State coach. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't like this cordial rivalry, to be honest. It's laid out there for you anyway. Because a cordial rivalry over the years when we've just been nice and played nice with Ole Miss uh, or when we lose. I think there's got to be some acrimony. You know, you forget about this. When uh, Jackie Sherrill was the head coach at Mississippi State, I I would say the thing about Jackie that made him so beloved to our people is that he spit in Ole Miss's face and then dared them to spit back. 
That's the way he carried himself. And he told you guys, hey, I want you to have some pride when you get that coffee mug out at work every day that's got that Mississippi State logo on the side. I want you to be proud of Mississippi State. I think in many ways, Jackie really kind of pulled us into a more modern era. Of course, he won some big ball games. Uh, Dan Mullen, of course, comes along. Uh, and Dan was more than happy to troll Ole Miss on Twitter. You know, he would do if the women's basketball team, men's basketball team won, he would tweet out, we'd like to congratulate our men's or women's basketball teams as we continue our dominance over the school up north. It really fired some people up. It did. And so, you know, Mike Leach, you know, decent friends with Lane Kiffin. It's not the relationship that some bill it to be or, or was. I hate to say it that way. Uh, and I can tell you Mike Leach was a guy that was very concerned about some of their tactics on the recruiting trail. Uh, Sylvester Croom was another that uh, you know understood that we were at war. It took a while for him to kind of get the guns out. But we got it going. But uh, the reality of it is is that you know, I'm not saying that I want things to be toxic where neighbors are uh, you know, having property disputes over the, who's got the biggest flag or whatever. But any time that we played nice with Ole Miss, we're the ones that pick up taps on it. You know, I'm just saying, you know, it's true. And, again, it's only toxic when we win. Uh, thanks to that carpetbagger, Hugh uh, Kellenberg. Whatever his name was, Kellenberger, that's his name. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, the robbery's gotten so toxic. It's incredible. It only, it only gets toxic when we're winning, right? It's amazing. It's like when we had the uh, billboards, you know, this is our state. All of a sudden, that's not fair, you know. Why can't we celebrate our success in our home state? Why can't we have billboards at the border welcoming people to Mississippi? I mean, you know, those are silly things. But nevertheless, we hired Jeff Levy, and uh, two years at Ole Miss, and they were two really good years. That 2020 year, 2021 year was outstanding. That's the Matt Corral year, of course, that uh, you know sent him to the National Football League. But uh, let me give you a little background here on Jeff. Uh, Jeff is from McGregor, Texas, and uh, played his high school ball at Andrews High School, was an all-state player there, signed on with Oklahoma, had a career-ending injury, became a student assistant for four years from 2002 to 2006 under Coach Bob Stoops, took his first head coaching job, excuse me, his first coaching job outside of Oklahoma on the high school level as an offensive line coach, which stands to reason as he was an offensive lineman himself. Uh, joins the staff at Baylor from 2008, is offensive quality control, holds that position through the 2011 season, and then in 12, gets promoted to an on-the-field position with a Power 5 program as a running backs coach. He holds that position through 2014, and then, you know, has some more responsibilities, you know, with, um, with running backs, of course, and with uh, some quality control stuff. And then he becomes offensive coordinator at Southeastern Louisiana. We're going to have a piece on that. Justin Frommer uh, did some really good journalism and picked that piece up and uh, be looking for that today at Gene's page. In 2004, going back a little bit, uh, Levy had a chance to work with Josh Heupel at Oklahoma, one of the most celebrated players in the history of the Sooner program, and joined him as the quarterback's coach at Central Florida in 2018. The next year, he was promoted to be offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Huge year for Heupel. And then uh, Lane Kiffin lures him away to Ole Miss. He's there from 20 to 21. And then uh, returned to his alma mater in 2022 and 23. Uh, but top 10 offenses, 
you know, top ten offenses, and we want to score. We absolutely want to score. That's one of the reasons you go out and get this guy. Now, again, I think in the beginning of this process, Jeff Levy was obviously the coordinator of choice if it got to that point for us. And some people have asked me, do you think it was Jeff Levy all along and that uh, Zach Selman wanted to go through this process and see if there was a candidate that could talk him out of that? I don't know that I believe that. I think it's prob it's, it's probable, or excuse me, it's, it's possible. I don't know how probable it was, but I did have somebody tell me during our searching coach conversations that uh, Zach Selman had shared with them that he pretty much knew what he wanted to do, but wanted to work through the process because he didn't want to miss a good candidate. He wanted to make sure he was making the right decision. And in the end, uh, we take Jeff Levy. And a lot of people are going to ask you, well, Steve, was he our – let's face it, friends, we live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You have that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. 
I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First choice, our second choice, our third choice. I don't know. I just know this. He's our head coach now. And so it doesn't matter to me where he may have been in any perceived pecking order. You know, he's a guy that's done some amazing things. And uh, so we presented him last night. You know, we had the airport deal, which was super cool. Uh, it really was. That was really cool. And to all of you that turned out and was a part of that, uh, thanks for coming out. That's not really my thing. Traditionally, I've let David do that. But uh, I had some people tell me they really wanted me to be there. And so I turned out and uh, wanted Jeff Levy to see me, see me when, I, when he got off the plane, too. But I think also, too, it's just um, it's the, it marks the end of a long work process. So we didn't get an opportunity to speak to him. He did speak to the crowd. Neil Price did the interview, and it was a very brief thing. We vid- did video that and put it up for you over at jeanspage.com. Uh, and then last night we had uh, a very special evening on the campus of Mississippi State University. We, we really did. And um, I, I'd kind of gotten wind of some of the details. You know, of course, a lot of it was going to depend on logistics. And uh, shared that over Gene's page You kind of in advance of we were winding down the search that uh, they'd already had the planning meeting about what they wanted to do and it was going to be an event like we've never had at Mississippi State. And it truly was. If you haven't had a chance to watch the event, we didn't video the event. You can watch it, you know, on, uh, on the ESPN app. And uh, they've got links, of course, uh, through Health State. I don't, I don't know if it's still active or not on there, but you can find that those videos out there. And, um, guys, it was so unlike Mississippi State. And we talk about, you know, leadership. And uh, that's not to say that we've had people in the past that have done a poor job. But I can tell you, they made last night's uh, coach presentation an event. I mean, and it truly was. Uh, we go outside the Sill Center. They you know, kind of barricade off some areas, some seating areas. You had some former letter winners there. Of course, the media was there, lots of fans there. Uh, it was packed. I mean, it was. And despite the fact that it was in the evening and cold, you know, I think if we'd done it earlier in the day, maybe we'd have some more people there. But um, the effort that was put into this thing was fabulous. Uh, Spencer and that group, amazing. I shook his hand last night before I left. And I, I said, you know, this is – this is kind of unlike what we ordinarily do, man. You did a great job putting this thing together. Uh, you've seen the pictures. Guys, it was like a rock concert out there. I mean, it was. And, and as, far as, that, as far as college coaching announcements go, we had fireworks at the end of it. Uh, it was phenomenal. And I liked the whole thing of the video boards that showed um, Coach Levy 
Mark Keenum and Zach Selman kind of walking down the hallway, and I saw some people comment on social media. I said, it's like they're cutting the WWE promo. I thought it was pretty tough, man. I really was. When they, when they walked out there, and you got the lighting set up, and there's like some maroon lighting, and um, you know, Emmy Perkins was there, Bulldog, former Miss Mississippi, uh, now working with the Bulldog Initiative. Uh, she was there emceeing the event, but uh, – you know, a job well done, guys. I mean, it, it really was. I was very proud of the presentation. Absolutely proud of the presentation. And uh, I, I think you guys would be as well. You owe it to yourself uh, to go back and watch that. And then after that was over, we were ushered into the team room and uh, had the press conference there. And uh, a large, much larger media contingent than normal. A lot of people were there that don't ordinarily come. Not a, not, not a ton. It you know, wasn't like it was a Watergate or something, but uh, there were a lot of people there, and uh, Jeff and Zach both sat down and spoke to us. And uh, Zach answered some questions about the search, but of course, and, and those are important. And they really are. And one of the questions that I asked Zach is, you know, what did you learn through all this? I mean, it's your first major hire. You know, what did you learn about this and maybe about your team, you know? Uh, and, and as articulate as he always is, he you know, provided a good answer to the question. And um, it's one of those things that you begin to realize, too. We do have some very talented individuals that are involved in athletic administration at Mississippi State. We don't know them, you know, like some other people. And there have been some other people that uh, we know well that are now working in different uh, venues within the ath- athletic department. Um, and, and there are some people that have some strong opinions about that. But I don't know what your your rooting interest is as it relates to people. But I can tell you Mississippi State won last night. It was a win. Because if this is the direction we're going to go in everything that we do, if we're going to put attention to detail and we're going to get into a special event and we're going to do things to show that we are a big-time institution, there's some happy days ahead. Because last night was spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. And I think that's important to understand. When you're doing something like this, when all the eyes of the SEC and part of the nation are on you, you want to put your best foot forward and say, you know what? We're Mississippi State, and this is how we do things. It was an incredible celebration. Absolutely incredible. And it gives me more confidence in the direction that we're going as an athletic department. It was great, and I can keep belaboring the point, but I think you get it. We've never done anything like that before, ever, ever. And that's not to be critical of anybody. It's just to praise the people that we have right now. You know, years and years ago, we just all would gather in the Ryan Building, and a university president would hand the new coach a a cowbell, and they'd ring it, and, and we'd all feel like, hey, well, this is really cool and sweet. Let's go win some ball games. Guys, the video that they showed during that presentation had me ready to put on a helmet and get on the field right now. It was amazing. Yeah, Dak speaking, Preston Smith, some others, and of course a lot of that stock footage, but it was really about telling the Mississippi State football story in a way that we don't ordinarily tell it. And it was great. I don't know how many times I can say it. I'm belaboring the point now. But... It exceeded the expectations that I had. And again, I think, again, Spencer McDowell and his group, it just really, really shows you uh, we've hired some people that have some real skill, and they've allowed us 
to kind of show a different side of Mississippi State. And let's be honest about this. We've always kind of been no frills, right? That's, that's kind of – we're like, we don't need to be made to feel special. We just want to go win ball games. But we looked like a big-time football program last night. We absolutely did. I mean, you got Dr. Keenum and those guys out there, and, you know, they're, you know, three-quarter length, uh, you know, just winter coats and things like that, sitting in those chairs in front of the SEAL complex with all of the, the famous maroon band there and the spirit squatters and everything. We, it was a pep rally, and it really was. And Jeff Levy got up and said some things and got people fired up. And uh, one thing I want to say, too, that uh, I've seen Dr. Keenum criticized for this. And let me tell you, people that are drawing criticism in his favor for making this comment, take a breath. Okay, we talked about some of y'all making my head hurt. The people that are upset about this make my head hurt. He talked about the playoffs, right? He's one of the things that I, I thought about when we expanded the playoffs is I wanted to see Mississippi State be in that, that 12. He talked about winning the SEC championship, and he goes, and also, we need to win the state championship. When has that not been one of our goals? It's not the only goal. It's not the ultimate goal. But let's be honest – a great season at Mississippi State is not complete with a one overall miss. I mean, even the 2014 season, as great as that was, it's somewhat tainted and subdued because of the fact that one of our best teams ever was beaten by Ole Miss. And so, yes, we want to win the state championship, but that should be goal number one on our way to competing for an SEC championship and a spot in the FBS playoff. And people are like, I can't believe he would say that. Well, yes, he would say that. He is a Mississippi State guy. It needs to be understood that we expect to beat Ole Miss. And it was a long thread on our board. I ended up locking a thread because it was just so incredibly ridiculous. Why would we be upset about that? That we want to beat Ole Miss? Of course we want to beat Ole Miss. And maybe it goes without saying. But from the very introductory press conference, we're basically setting an expectation from the university president that, yeah, we expect to beat Ole Miss. That's part of your expectations as our football coaches to beat Ole Miss. Yes. Is it the only one? Absolutely not. But, yes, we expect to beat Ole Miss, and we want to beat Ole Miss. And for people to be, be upset with Keenum about that, it's just silly. It is. Now, let's get to the press conference a little bit. You can watch the press conference it's in its entirety over Gene's page. It's on the front of the site under videos. Zach Selman and Coach Jeff Levy welcome press conference. It's 24 minutes in length. It's also attached to uh, Dave Murray's article about last night's event and Mike Nemeth's Q&A. And you can read that in its entirety if you don't want to watch it, but you can watch it. So there you go. I asked Zach Selman, you know, what would you learn through this? And he's the guy that's been an associate AD, but now he's the shot caller, right? It's one of those things when you're on staff and you interview people and say, hey, I really like this candidate to being the guy that has to make a decision, this is the candidate we're hiring. So I asked him, what'd you learn? Zach's response, anytime you go from making recommendations versus decisions, there's a little difference there. I think that's absolutely correct. I've been blessed to be around some great leaders, people in this business that have shown me their processes, their ways. Clearly you make your own spin on it. I also want to overcomplicate it. We named this Magnolia Rise. That was the mission name. We hunted to hunt the next head football coach at Mississippi State. You understand the weight of the process, but you want to have fun with it as you're going through the holidays. 
We got a great team of people around us. Three of our deputy ADs were helpful, screening, giving recommendations, or due diligence. It made my job a lot easier. I think that's an important part of leadership, too, is while ultimately it's Zach Selman's decision, but he recognizes the people that were a part of that. There are a lot of people away from their families at a very important time of the year that had to put the Mississippi State family before their own. That's an important aspect of this. Uh, Jeff Levy, I asked him also, you know, what's it like coaching against Mississippi State? You know, he's been on the other side of a very important rivalry, right? Jeff says, I'm looking forward to continuing in the chair I'm in. I know the importance of that game. After living it for two years, I'm incredibly excited. I understand how prideful State is. I love that our fan base wants that game more than any one of them. I don't take it lightly. It's going to be a lot of fun. People in the state will have a lot of fun with that game, and I'm one of them. Levy gets it. He also understands from the other side of things. That's why he wore those socks, right, that Lane Kiffin tweeted out, you know, we run the SIP or whatever. I also went on to ask him, you know, about staffing. Beginning to hear some names. DeMarco Murray, running backs coach at Oklahoma. I've heard that he is a potential candidate. We will not get Kendall Browse. A lot of people suggested that. I uh, told by a couple people that uh, that's just not in the cards because uh, Jeff's going to call his own plays. And so basically he, he made mention that um, he is going to call his own plays but uh, wants to have somebody that knows the system and knows his expectations uh, to help run meetings and practices and things of that nature. Uh, and somebody that knows exactly what this offense entails. So good chance it's going to be somebody from Oklahoma or somebody that Lubby's worked with in the past. So I asked him about staffing. You know, where are you staffing-wise? Uh, we feel good about where we are. There will be some guys who get added to it over the next couple of days. I've been excited with how many people of great quality want to be a part of our staff. They understand what the work environment will be about, what the leadership will be, and understand that we'll put players first we'll be able to put together an elite staff. Isn't that exactly what you want to hear? You want an elite staff. You want a staff that understands what's expected. You want a staff that's going to be able to get the most out of your players. And it sounds like that's the focus of, uh, of Jeff Lubby. Uh And then John Sokoloff, our friend, John Sokoloff. John is, always, John is never scared to ask the edgy question, right? We kind of navigated through all this stuff, and uh, finally at the end, he brings up the Lane Kiffin tweets. And again, I wrote about that yesterday. I think the whole thing is silly. You know, some people are like, oh, he's trolling him, calling him fat. Uh, if you saw Jeff Levy, Jeff's not fat. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight. But uh, either way, I don't care about any of that stuff. I, I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what he wears as long as he wins football games, right? So John asked him about it, and uh, Levy's response, I've seen it through text messages. I haven't actually seen it on Twitter. I'm not incredibly surprised. I have a feeling it won't be the last. It's going to be fun. Uh, the one, that one is going to be a lot of fun. These guys have been through a lot talking about your players. A calm hand is going to be a lot of fun for us as a staff. They'll know they can come to us anytime and share their experiences and understand that we've got their back. Uh, final question was about cowbells. You know, what do you think about cowbells? I'm a big fan of the cowbell. I'm a big fan of Mississippi State. I can't wait to leave these guys. We're doing this together. Uh, so, yeah, let's get after it. Uh, so, again, you can watch that in its entirety over at jeanspage.com. But if you missed it last night, you missed a very, very special moment. Uh, you did. And uh, the thing that I'll share before we kind of move forward here, you know, we all wanted Zach Arnett to make it. We did. You know, this time last year, we hadn't even lost Mike Leach. And then, of course, Zach steps up. We're all heartbroken. 
We all wonder where we're going as a program. Zach stepped up and, and said, hey, yeah, I'll take on the responsibility. We, we wanted Zach to make it. And we were cautiously optimistic. Zach Arnett made all the moves in the offseason that made sense to us. And he didn't win enough football games. And I think there was always this feeling, he's like, you know what, this isn't going to work. I want it to work, but in my heart, I don't think it's going to work. I think we all shared that. We tried to convince ourselves. We tried to talk ourselves into it. Hey, this is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But it wasn't okay. And you saw from the very beginning, even in the Southeastern game, a game that we won a very lopsided score. You know, we had some growing pains early, and we tried to explain that away and say, well, it's a new scheme. You know, okay, I kind of get it. But there was this sentiment among the fan base, even in game one, like, you know what, this is going to be a problem. And then in the back of our minds, we're thinking about how difficult the schedule is next year. And you start thinking, man, if we go 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five this year, we're probably going to have a losing season next year. Well, we had one this year. And there's also, again, it's not Zach Arnett's fault that people get injured. You know, that's just the game of football. But throughout the Zach Arnett era, and in many respects, this is no fault of his, there was this cloud. You know, we knew that we were in a difficult spot. We promoted him. And it was the right decision at the time. But in the back of our minds, I think every one of us is like, man, I really want this to work out, but I just don't know that it will. And it didn't. But that gray cloud kind of hung over us the whole way. Last night, it felt like that the clouds had been wiped away. It did. I think it's fairly evident. Yes, this is the first head coaching job for Jeff Levy. I think Jeff is more prepared than Zach was. And that's not a criticism of Zach. That's just the reality of where they are in their careers. But it's one of those deals now where, now that Jeff Levy is here, there is some excitement around the program. There is some juice around the program. And now, of course, they got to go get in the in living rooms, right, here in a few days. And, uh, guys, in just over three weeks, we're going to be putting a, a, a signing class to bed, I guess four weeks. You know, and so there's a lot of work. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, coverage we have to provide between uh, now and then. But there's a lot going on. And the good thing is, instead of us, you know, when this process first began, we said we absolutely had to have somebody in place the weekend of the SEC championship game at the latest. And then we began to get some murmurings. We'd like to get it done Egg Ball weekend. We did. We did. So we actually now we can take this week, put a staff together, put a recruiting plan together, and get on the road next week and start selling Mississippi State. Whereas had it been next weekend, you know, we'd have to really hurry. And so – I think in many respects it is a best-case scenario from a timing standpoint. And Zach Selman, my conversations with him was very sensitive to that, kind of understanding, hey, we've got to give our new coach a chance. You know, because all of a sudden you start getting these in-home visits and people are coming to see your kids and then our guys are out there not even sure if they have a job, not even sure who's going to coach these young men, having to try to sell Mississippi State. So we didn't have bullets in the chamber. Now we do. Now we do. So we welcome Jeff Levy to Mississippi State as our 36th ever football coach. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Probably our second favorite Blair of all time, right? Blair from Facts of Life would be number one. Blair Chandler would be number two. Number two. 
Uh, I don't even know if Blair is like number two. Like I know Blair's family. I don't know that Blair would even be number two of my favorite Chandlers. But I do love Blair. I do. He is my friend. You can hit Blair up at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. Blair is a mortgage professional. A lot of people in the mortgage industry, Blair is a pro. 22 years of experience in the industry, back-to-back-to-back years, top 1% close ratio in the country, recently made the move to Priority One Mortgage. The same level of service goes with him. This is a guy that can help get you to the closing table. So whether you're a you know, a non-conforming borrower with an atypical property, Blair has seen it all and done it all. So whether you're looking to buy a home, refinance a home, I don't know your needs, but reach out to Blair uh, because nobody can navigate through the labyrinth of underwriting quite like him. He knows what they're looking for, right? That's the big part of all this. You go through the, you know, the guidelines of what each of these programs fit. Uh, Blair knows, hey, where we can kind of formulate a plan to get you through underwriting. Experience matters, especially in matters as important as your mortgage. So go visit CloseToBlair.com. Be sure to mention him. You heard about him on the Boneyard. We've had several Boneyard listeners that have uh, had amazing experiences with Blair, and they've been able to get a home purchased or get a home refinanced. Again, there's just nobody better than Blair Chandler. He's a Bulldog, has a season ticket holder in multiple sports. He's up here all the time, uh, has a place here. So you're keeping business in the family when you're doing business with Blair. Again, that's closewithblair.com. All right. Uh, you guys know I'm not a big fan of the cordial rivalry. I'm not. I, again, I don't think it's good for us to play nice. I know other people are like, but Steve, no, 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 you know, no, nope, nope. I told Dan Mullen years ago, you know, we took a, we took a knee. We had a chance to, uh, to tack it on. We didn't. And uh, I told Dan like the following week, I said, you know, I would like to have seen you punch that one in there. And he goes, well, I think people, when proud people, when you show proud people mercy, that's bigger. I said, let me tell you this, coach, um, they don't care about that. They don't. And when they're given the same situation, they're going to run it up on you. If they get a chance, they're going to run it up on you. And then lo and behold, what happens later is uh, they've got the video of Dan Mullen in the locker room, and we're never losing that team ever again. Very humbling moment uh, for Dan Mullen. It's true. He said it. I mean, you can't run from the comments. He said it. They just used it to their advantage. Was it was it tacky? Yes, but we can be tacky too. I'm perfectly okay with a tacky rivalry, 100%. So uh, it's time for us to get the Sabres out and get the rattling again. It's time to go to war. So we're at today's top ten list is songs about war and warriors. Yeah, how about that? We didn't work in – uh, come out and play from Twisted Sister. We didn't bring in the theme from the movie Warriors, which was really, really silly, but, man, we loved it so much. You know, Warriors come out and play. Oh, it was great. It's great. They even had a, a gang in New York dressed like the Yankees and clowns and all kind of silly stuff like that. Uh, but it was cool. And the Warriors had to navigate their way across New York. So not the theme from Warriors, not included here. But here we go. Number 10, it's the track Warriors from Imagine Dragons. I think it's the second time we've included them on a top 10 list in the history of the, of the show. Uh, but Imagine Dragons, a huge following. They do a lot of outdoor concerts, too. I, I've never been to one, but I've seen a lot of footage. Uh, it's kind of an event, right? Kind of reminiscent of Mississippi State's uh, introduction of Jeff Levy. All right, number nine, a band. Listen, I listen to Sirius X and Octane. I do. I'm an Octane listener. 
And when I first started listening, one of my favorite bands on Octane was a band called Evans Blue. Yeah, you don't hear much from them these days, but for a while there, they were big. They had a greatest hits album out. Uh, Evans Blue, a great song called Warrior. Really one of those inspirational type songs. Maybe add it to your, uh, to your, your workout playlist. I don't know. I don't know what you do in your spare time. But many of you probably listen to that same stale playlist you know, forever, never, never, and you don't change it because now all of a sudden it kind of matches your time. I know when this song is over, it's time for me to go. Add Evans Blue's Warrior to your playlist. Number eight, anytime that we can raise our fist and our fingers, our rock fingers, is uh, Ian used to say when, I, when he was a kid, he said, Daddy, put your rock fingers up. Yeah, that's right. Raise that kid right. We're going to talk Iron Maiden here. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, better albums in their catalog, I believe it was the 12th album. And uh, a double album for them. But it's the song, it's a deeper cut, but it's Weekend Warrior from Iron Maiden, number eight. And, you know, we do a lot of our warmongering on weekends in college athletics. So there you go. Number seven, I think they're making their debut. I'm not a big fan of this band. I'm not. I think the vocal is uh, When I hear this band play, I think to myself, I should owe it to myself to get in the studio and, and bang out some tracks because uh, this guy can't sing. And um, I don't know how well I can sing anymore either, to be quite honest with you. But uh, I know that uh, Volbeat has a huge following. Huge. I'm just not a member of that. There are a couple songs I like from him. The guitar is great, but this is one of their most famous songs. It's Full Beats, A Warrior's Call, number seven. Number seven. It's funny. I had a friend of mine, a former tattoo artist of mine, was at some big show. I think it was Rock on the Range or whatever, and uh, it was some guy I was talking to him, whatever, and he could tell the guy was just not aligning with his musical interest. And he said all of a sudden he realized the guy had a five-finger death punch tattoo and a Volbeat tattoo, and the conversation was now over. All right, number six, a contribution from the missus as we're putting this list together, and she reminded me of this great track from Atreyu. And, and I, we could do a top ten Atreyu list. I don't know if you guys know Atreyu. They are a great, great band. Great. Uh, matter of fact, I named a chapter in the new book after an Atreyu song. Yeah, Do You Know Who You Are? Great, great band. But we're going with Warrior from Atreyu. And uh, the vocal on this, really, really strong. All right, number five, a band that most of you don't know. I don't even know if these guys still play anymore. But again, a band from the early Octane days. Cause when, I, when, I, I, when you guys were on XM, I was on Sirius, right? I was ahead of the game. And when I was listening to Octane, like, they would ask you to request songs, and you could, like, call and text, and, like, 20 minutes later, your song would play. That's how small the subscribership was. Matter of fact, Ani and I got won a contest uh, to go to uh, Voodoo Fest uh, as a guest of, Sir- of Sirius and uh, got to meet a bunch of bands. Cool thing. We sat side stage for Fallout Boy. It was great. Matter of fact, it was uh, when Pete Burns broke his ankle jumping off a, uh, a riser. And still finish the show. Yeah. But uh, this is a band, the very first time I heard these guys, I was like, these guys are completely different. The guitar on this is completely different. This is a throwback. It's kind of like Iron Maiden-ish, but with a modern take, compositionally. It's a band called Black Tide. We're going with Warriors of Time 
from Black Tide. And the guitar on this is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, check out that Black Tide album. If you're, if you're like looking for something a little bit different, Black Tide may be the band for you. I'll be honest with you. That there is something uh, about that band you wonder at. Maybe they couldn't get along. But I love the band. I love the album. Warriors of Time from Black Tide, number five. Number four, another contribution from the missus. She goes, if you're going to do this, you got to include Nothing More, which is one of my favorite bands, and I think she loves them more than I do. We've met these guys. They're phenomenal, uh, based out of uh, Baton Rouge and San Antonio. Incredible band. Matter of fact, they uh, had the number one song in the rock song in the country for a year, like for the year of like 2018 or whatever. They were number one. The best rock song of the year, back-to-back years. Amazing. Band called Nothing More, Johnny from Nothing More, a next-level thinker. Uh, he's a guy also that's uh, really big into um, judo and things like that, physical fitness, takes the stage in a pair of Levi's jeans from J.C. Penney's. Uh, no shirt, no socks, but plenty of service. And it's the song Go to War. And that song is really about, uh, you know, having an argument with people you love. Right? That's what it's about. It's not really an inspirational song inviting you to go to war. It's talking about when you know we're fighting with the ones we love and we go to war. It's like, you know how it is? You say the cruelest things to the people you love the most, right? Because you feel like you can get away with it, which is terrible. I used to be that person. I'm not anymore. I, I never, ever, ever, ever. I'd say this. One thing I'm most proud of, I've never, in, in all the years that Dana and I have been together, I've never, ever, ever called her the B word. Ever. Ever. I've never done it. Never. Ever. Uh, and that's kind of what this is about. It's about, you know, you say these incredibly horrible things uh, to people you love. And uh, it's go to war. All right, number three, we're going to change it up a little bit because I like working this band in back from the early 90s. And it's so interesting, too, how people say, well, that sounds like the 80s. Well, that just tells me you don't know what the 80s sounds like because the band Warrior Soul was an incredible band from the 90s. They're still outperforming now. They don't have the notoriety they did, but uh, I love those uh, earlier albums, especially, uh, you know, Last Decade, Dead Century. It's great. It's great. We've talked about them before, and this song has actually been on a top ten list before. It's Warrior Souls, Love Destruction. Love the attitude in this song. Love the guitar in it. Uh, the tuning is kind of uh, maybe a product of the, of the genre at the time. Like, the tuning is very, very early 90s, but the attitude is very 80s. But compositionally, this song still holds up today. It's Love Destruction from Warrior Soul, number three. Number two, I joked with the missus yesterday. I said, hey, we can't, we can't have a list about Warriors without working in Patti Smythe and Scandal. So your number two track, probably the biggest hit on our list today. You know, Shooting Out the Walls of Heartache, Bang Bang! It's the warrior from Patti Smythe. It's true. Number one, though, for me, one of those songs, too, we talk about adding songs to your workout playlist. Hey, this is one here. It's Dave Draymond and the guys in Disturbed, Warrior. Number one on your list of songs about warriors. How about that? You never knew what, we'd, what you're going to wake up to, uh, and I'm going to talk about it on the top ten list. So Warrior from Disturbed, uh, one of those songs that uh, Dave Draymond really kind of pushes himself vocally big Dave Draymond fan uh the thing about Dave Draymond too is like when I first got on Twitter like Dave I think Dave had like maybe a thousand followers like Dave would respond and uh matter of fact I've DM with David Draymond before 
and uh, asked him about the tattoo thing. Because David Draymond, of course, uh, you know, fronts a device and, of course, disturbed huge rock and roll bands. But Dave didn't have any tattoos. And so I asked him one day, is this true about, you know, your faith and tattoos? And he goes, yeah, I want to be buried in a Jewish cemetery someday so I don't have any tattoos. And uh, so I, I respect that so much. I'm a guy that, of course, is uh, inked up. But I, I respect people that have a value system, right? And there's so many people today, it's like, you know, I'm not going to get religious on you, but listen, it's so good to have a moral code, right, about what you stand for. There's got to be a line somewhere. There's some people out there that just kind of live life wide open, like whatever happens, happens, and there's nothing beneath them. I used to be that person, but it's like, uh, as Paul Stanley said, you know, it's like, hey, you know, what? why does a night at the club matter more than the moral code of who we are? I think that's an important aspect of things, too. And I think that's what maturity shows you. There are some things that are beneath me. There are some things I'm not going to participate in because I think that that's, it violates my code. It violates who I think I am as a person. And I think there's something important about that, too. But, um, but nevertheless, it's uh, disturbed, number one. If you have ideas for the top ten list, reach out and let us know. You can do so on Twitter. Best way to do that is hit up Roy. At Dogmatic67. It's D A W G M A T I C 67. And um, Roy can get you in line and put you on the list. And uh, eventually we'll get to you. There are some bands and, and topics sometimes that um, I don't know that I can do justice. Uh, just to kind of lay it out there for you. And I don't want to disrespect you or your musical interest uh, by doing a bad job. So sometimes I even ask for help because I get multiple requests at times from people and uh, they really want us to do a list. And so Roy's done some lists for us in the past. Um, had some uh, friends of mine that in the country genre that have done some lists for us in the past, but uh, not really my thing, but we want to be a, an all access show when we can be. Uh, so I'm on all forms of social media at scout Steve R. If you send them to me, I'll try to get them to Roy, but I don't always get those notifications. I'm just telling you. But we'll do our best. All right, let's get back to the show. Uh, Campus Bookmart sponsoring this segment of the show. I love Campus Bookmart. I love the people there. I love the selection there. Uh, not a better selection of Mississippi State merchandise, really, in the known universe. Let me just kind of say it for what it is. A lot of people make that claim they don't have anything to back it up. They don't. So as we push forward with this thing, when you're thinking about Christmas shopping, and, and Mom, we're less than a month away. Let's just kind of say it for what it is. We're less than a month away. Today is November 28th. Christmas, in case you haven't heard, it's December 25th. And you're already stressing and thinking, hey, I've got to get this for so-and-so. Let's not overcomplicate it. Just log in to campusbookmart.net and go buy some Mississippi State merch for every Bulldog on your shopping list. That's what they want. And now all of a sudden there's some juice behind the football program. Basketball's doing great. We're going to wrap that maroon and white with pride. So reach out at Campus Bookmart, and I'll make it easy on you. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 absolutely incomplete. Again, check it out today, uh, Campus Bookmart. Let's talk about the weekend that was in college football. Yeah, it was rivalry weekend, right? And so we know how our game came out. We broke that down on Monday. Uh, or excuse me, did we break it down? Yeah, we broke it on Friday. Uh, but 17-7 losers, we hate that, man. We do. 
Missouri rolls into Arkansas and just absolutely steamrolls the Razorbacks, 48-14. to 14. And then a lot of people saying, you know what, I know that uh, they said that Sam Pittman would stay. I don't know that I'm on board with that. But Missouri leaves no doubt. And at the beginning of the year, we thought it was kind of fluky when they beat Kansas State. Eli Drinkwitz got the Tigers rolling. Can they stay there? We'll see. But Missouri, one of the better stories in the Southeastern Conference this year, the big surprise. Kentucky goes into Louisville and upsets number 10 Louisville Cardinals, 38-31. I didn't see that one coming. It's a rivalry game you never know. But I really thought Kentucky might limp there. Devin Leary off to a rough start, but they, they get it together. A&M gave LSU a lot of trouble. And then eventually LSU pulled away. Uh, 42-30 winners are the Tigers. Uh, a lot of discussion about Texas A&M over the weekend with uh, Mark Stoops. And uh, I'm told that they basically had a deal done, just hadn't executed it, and then people lost their minds and said, there's no way we're doing this. There's no way we're going to do this. And uh, I was told by some people close to Mark Stoops, he goes, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to go into a situation like that. I'm happy here. Uh, I may have done everything I can do here, but, uh, yeah, we're making $9 million. I'm not going to go into a situation where half the fan base is already against me. And that's how it would have been. But LSU spanks them, and then the Aggies announced Mike Elko as their coach, which is so funny, too. Mike Elko, one of the first names mentioned in connection with the job, and they had to work to, to double back to him uh, to get it done. And there was even some discussion after Stoops had backed out that they – uh, that Ross Bjork had recommended that they just keep the interim. Now, you talk to enough people, you can hear whatever you want. But ultimately, it, Bjork's search kind of ends up with one of the guys that people thought made sense from the beginning. So I think it's a good hire for AM. and uh, I, I think A&M, too, is kind of finding out, too, that uh, money doesn't get you everything. You know, the second highest budget in all college athletics, only second to Texas. But it's not a situation where you can just go out there and buy people. You know, just can't do it. But LSU, 42-30 winners. And uh, a lot of people think uh, Jaden Daniels may win the Heisman. I haven't cast my vote yet, but we'll see how things go. All right, Alabama and Auburn. Was this not one of the worst beats you've ever seen? I mean, be honest with you. Let, let's call it for what it is. Hugh Freeze and Auburn outcoached Alabama again. They just didn't win. Think about it. I mean, they came out there and ran the football at will early in this ball game. And then if Auburn fields a punt with about four minutes to go, it's probably a different story today. They fumble the punt. Next thing you know, it's a different game. And then, of course, Auburn, every opportunity to win it late, ends up being a fourth and goal situation, what, outside the thirty. And Jalen Milrow throws up an incredible pass to the corner, and the guy comes down with it over DJ James. Extra points good, 27-24. It was nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. Crazy. I think if you're Auburn, though, you, you, again, you think about the direction of your program, you could make an argument that Auburn should have beat Alabama and Georgia this year, and both of those teams are playing for the SEC championship. I know the record doesn't indicate it, but Auburn might be ahead of schedule. Tennessee destroys Vanderbilt 48-24. No big surprise there. Uh, Tennessee, again, you know, I thought they'd be the second-best team in the East. They ended up being the third. We're going to talk about that here shortly. But um, 
Yeah, Tennessee in a good spot. And my honest opinion is I think if they will leave Josh Heupel alone, that he'll be fine. That's how I feel. I don't know how you feel. I think Josh Heupel is going to be just, just fine. Just stay out of his way. Let him do his thing. Put some money in an IL. And um, eventually he'll be Georgia. Eventually. Florida State, despite the fact that Jordan Travis is done for the year, they go into the swamp and they win with a backup quarterback, 24-15. to 15. There's a lot of talk that Florida's committed to giving Napier another year, but let's be honest about this. It's not going to work. I think we all see it. It's kind of like the same. When Napier got hired out there, I thought, you know what? This is interesting. I thought Napier was a better fit for us. But uh, it hadn't worked. It hadn't worked. So back-to-back uh, losing seasons for the Florida Gators. And this is one that the SEC media got right, along with us. Georgia, 31-23 winners over Georgia Tech. Not the game that we expected. Probably not the game that we wanted or the game that we needed, but Georgia wins. And, uh, you know, again, kind of pushing towards a playoff. I'm looking, I'm eager to see this Georgia-Alabama game this weekend. I'm so excited about that. I think it's going to be a fun game. I like Georgia. We'll talk about it later in the week, but I like Georgia. I do. That's not a hot take. Clemson, 16-7 winners over South Carolina. Give the Fighting Gamecocks a lot of credit. They really, really went out there. And gave it all they had. They just didn't have enough. And Spencer Rattler this year, uh, we talked about it in preseason. Arkansas and South Carolina were both in the same situation. They were going to go as far as their quarterbacks could take them. And as talented as they are, it just simply wasn't enough. So Clemson wins the rivalry game. South Carolina eliminated from bowl contention, as are your Bulldogs. Uh, we talked about that earlier in the week. But um, stayed the last team out. And the truth of the matter is, as much as I would like for the kids to have a ball game, I think maybe it's better for the program that the streak end. Not that we, we want the streak to ever end, but the reality of it is I think it's just time for us to get to work. You know, and let Lebby and those guys kind of get to work and meet with players, and I think it's a good thing. We kind of move forward. Um, but let's look at how the standings ended up, and eventually we'll do a show, you know, based on our preseason predictions. We did predict the, the uh, divisional winners, which should be no surprise – I think most people had Georgia and Alabama. There were a lot of people pushing LSU uh, to win the West. A lot of LSU media out there. Uh, but, yeah, Georgia, Alabama pretty much to script. But uh, Georgia, of course, undefeated on the season of 12-0. Defending NAFL champions two years running. They're in contention again. Kirby's got them going. People forget Kirby Smart was 7-5 and in year one in Athens. Missouri ends up the year 10-2. and Missouri's up, man. Missouri's going to be in New Year's Six. Nuts, man. Six and two in the conference. And, again, you look at the losses with them. I mean, they lose to LSU late, and they lose to Georgia. And there was no, you know, maybe no doubt who's going to win that game. But Missouri obviously taking a huge step forward as a program this year. Uh, Tennessee, eight and four this year. So, four and four in the conference. Not the year that I expected them to have, but still third in the league. Ironically, Florida finishes fourth in the pecking order with a three and five conference record and five and seven. The East this year, pretty great. That's not right. The SEC's wrong about that. I guess that's true with Florida and Kentucky. But uh, but anyway, Kentucky seven and five. But Florida, South Carolina, Vanderbilt didn't make a bowl game. We expected that. We projected that at the beginning of the year. Maybe South Carolina could be six and six. Uh, Kentucky, 3-5 and five in the league, 7-5 and five overall, as mediocre as we expect them to be. And really the only real surprise in the East is that Missouri was that much better than we expected. And they ultimately finished second. 
On the West, um, I'll be honest with you, it, it kind of worked out as we expected with two exceptions. Ole Miss was better than we expected. Mississippi State was worse. I had State fourth in the preseason. I had Ole Miss near the bottom. I think I had them fifth, just behind us. But Ole Miss, big year. What can you say? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. We, we've, we've played the games. It's no longer a matter of opinion like it is in preseason. Uh, but Alabama goes 8-0. They win the West by two games over Ole Miss and LSU. Of course, Ole Miss finishes ahead of LSU by virtue of the tiebreaker. Uh, Alabama 11-1 overall. Their long loss is to Texas. They won 10 games in a row. Ole Miss 10-2. Their only loss is to Alabama and Georgia. Uh, there's, they'll, they'll be New Year's 6. I mean, there's, there's, they're up. There's no way there's not, they're not getting in. Uh, LSU 6-2, 9-3 could be your um, Capital One Bowl representatives again. And, they, and that Capital One company loves to promote the Tigers. Texas A&M 4-4 and 7-5 and in the league. Thought they would be a game better. Thought they would be a game better at 8-4. Thought they might get Ole Miss. They didn't. Auburn and uh, Hugh Freeze and those guys finished 6-6, six and 3-5. Six, uh, and five. I, I thought this year that everybody in the West would have a chance to go to a bowl game. I know there would be a lot of parity in the league. Um, Mississippi State picked last. We didn't finish last. I'm not going to throw a parade or anything. We beat Arkansas head-to-head, and that's the difference. Arkansas goes 4-8 and eight this year, second-worst record in the Southeastern Conference. Only Vanderbilt was worse overall than Arkansas. Not a lot of confidence in that team, and now all of a sudden you think, okay, we got to go out and spend a bunch of money in the portal and kind of get back to where we want to be. How much money do you think people are going to say, you know what, no, pull my money from football and put it on basketball, or just cancel my contributions entirely as long as Sam Pittman is there? I think it's going to be a real uphill battle for Sam Pittman. And it's the thing you start thinking, well, what's the right thing to do? Again, I was told a lot of people that want Sam Pittman to make it, and there are other people that don't. But you start thinking about your contemporaries here. You know, what's going to be open next year in the league? Well, unless Nick Saban retires, Alabama's not coming open. Unless Lane Kiffin gets another job. And, I, again, I think he's there until to, to, to they fire him. Um, unless Florida comes calling. That could be interesting. But uh, Alabama won't come open. Ole Miss won't come open. Uh, LSU goes 9-3 and three this year. They won the West last year. And I know some people are thinking, well, you know, we're never going to get over the hump. They're not firing Brian Kelly. They're not. And especially if Jaden Daniels wins a Heisman Trophy, how can you argue against it? Texas A&M, of course, makes the change this year. Auburn made the change last year. And, again, while Auburn went 6-6, six and six, gave some of the better teams in this conference all they wanted and then some. Mississippi State just made the change. So Arkansas next year will likely be the only job in the West open. I just don't see Sam Pittman turning this thing around. On the eastern side, Georgia's not going anywhere. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz has kind of got things going the way he's going. Uh, He's not going anywhere. Hype's not going anywhere. Napier will likely be fired next year. Because I don't even think 7-5 and is going to be enough to save him. Beamer may be coaching for his job next year. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been three years, and they've kind of hovered right there around. You know, they were ahead of schedule year one. They go eight and four in year two, and uh, probably should have beat Notre Dame. And then this year, five and seven. So Shane's got to have a big year next year. They had a brutal schedule this year. I mean, having North Carolina and Clemson, 
and your non-conference schedule, probably not smart. Uh, Stoops, obviously, not looking to leave Kentucky. You know, I guess if Iowa comes open, he could go. And Vanderbilt, you know, this, is Clark Lee on the hot seat next year? I don't, I don't know. They go 0-8 again, he's gone. So you start looking through this from an Arkansas lens, and you start thinking, okay, what jobs of your contemporaries are going to be open next year? Well, that will likely be the only job open in the West, barring something unforeseen. But there could also be three other jobs in the league. Now, of course, Vanderbilt and Arkansas fishing out of different ponds. But you got to think Florida is going to make a better hire. They're going to be able to pay more. And so Arkansas is probably competing with potentially South Carolina for a coach next year. Uh, and then not to mention you never know what else is going to open up around, uh, you, know, your, you know, your neck of the woods. But uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to think the decision to keep Sam Pittman. And uh, I really thought they would beat Auburn in preseason. And then, of course, when that game got ready to play, uh, I think it was pretty evident that that was going to be a very good game uh, that Auburn ultimately wins. But, uh, yeah, the, the situation in Arkansas, it's, it's one of those – could you imagine how we would feel today? And, again, no disrespect to Zach Arnett, but if we had finished 4-8 and eight and said, okay, we're going to give Arnett another year, how you would feel about football. Would you renew your season tickets next year? Probably not. I mean, there are some people that are lifers who would say, I'm going to renew them no matter what because I've moved myself up so high on the priority list uh, for ticketing. I don't, I don't want to lose my spot. But there's just no life in that Arkansas program, none whatsoever. Those are difficult decisions to make. And, of course, his buyout um, shouldn't be big money for Arkansas. But it is. Anytime you got to write that big check – and you're dependent on somebody else to fund it, it's tough. It is. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll talk about some other things. But, um, you know, looking back at rivalry week, it didn't change a whole lot. But, uh, again, I think the best story in the conference this year is Missouri. Absolutely do. But uh, looking forward to that ball game this weekend between Georgia and Alabama. I know you are, too. It's one of those things you start thinking about, too, that, um, you know, when does the run end for Georgia? I mean, really think about it. For years and years and years, all of the talk was, you know, Mark Rick could never win the big one and that Georgia was a sleeping giant. They go hire Kirby Smart, and he proves that's the case. And Mark Rick then, you know, goes to Miami, gets fired down there, you know. But uh, looking at some college football odds for the championship weekend, we're not going to pick the whole, uh, the whole conference or in the whole schedule, but – Georgia and Alabama, Georgia favored by six over Nick Saban's Crimson Tide. That is a afternoon kick uh, between the Tide and, and the Bulldogs. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. If you're looking to stay in Starkville, whether it be a ball game weekend or a work retreat, whatever, look no further than the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse and book through the Evolve website. We'll save you some money by doing so. Use promo code BSR10. That saves you 10% off your stay. Listen, we're going to use that place too. The next time the kids come to town, instead of everybody having to find their own air and B&B and all that kind of stuff and be scattered all over Octavia County, we're going to have everybody under one roof and mom's going to do the cooking. Yeah, and we might even have some, uh, some cinnamon rolls for breakfast. Nothing better than that. Wake up in the morning, some fresh brewed coffee, wafting through the house. Everybody's there. They got their own bedrooms. I went and toured the facility last week. It is absolutely fantastic. Love that place, man. Big fire pit area outside. Nice big uh, roomy porch. 
So you can sit out there and just hang with all the people, right? Whether you're bringing a work crew to town or having all the kids and their kids get together, the best place to get together is the Stark Biggest Clubhouse. And again, book through the Evolve website. Uh, listen, you're not going to find a better place in Starkville. Just five minutes from campus. How cool is that? Everybody can get together. You can do your tailgating right there. So whether you're coming for a basketball weekend, a baseball weekend, or just bringing a crew to town to get some work done, uh, you can have a little bit of a retreat kind of off the beaten path uh, in a much better situation than you would be you know, renting five hotel rooms. A lot less expensive and much more convenient. The Stark Vegas Clubhouse. All right, Mississippi State's going to be back in action tonight in men's basketball. Uh, I call it a big game because it's a power five opponent on the road. But Georgia Tech is just two and two on the year, two and one at home. They did lose their one uh, road game. They opened the year with an 84-62 win over Georgia Southern, then beat the Howard Bison 88-85. Probably didn't expect to have quite the tussle. They lose at home to UMass Lowell and then get blown out by Cincinnati 89-54 last Wednesday. So they hadn't played a game in nearly a week. And uh, so the number 21 ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs head into the McCamish Pavilion tonight. That's a 6 p.m. tip. You can watch it. It's a game that we expect Mississippi State to win. It's a game that the Bulldogs, uh, you know, should be favored in. And uh, that's the deal, man. That's the deal. You got to go in these Power 5 games. And, uh, again, great job scheduling by the Bulldogs to schedule kind of some middle-of-the-pack Power 5 opponents. I think that will serve us well in the end. Uh, but looking here at the Yellow Jackets, you know, that's in Atlanta. I mean, George, let's be honest about this. Georgia Tech should never be bad in anything. They shouldn't be, not with the recruiting footprint they have. But uh, this is a basketball team that has kind of struggled a little bit. But um, – as we look inside the numbers here, uh, the, the folks at Georgia Tech still use an acrobat for a PDF file. Uh, but Miles Kelly leads the team nearly in minutes played, second on the team minutes played, but um, you know, pulling down a ton of rebounds, averaging 5.3 a game. Look at these points here, too. Three-point shooting, not really a strength for him, but he's uh, a guy that can put it in the basket, averaging 18.8 points a game. Got to find a way to, to uh, shut him down. They've got four scorers in double digits. Uh, Debo Coleman, uh, the first guy off the bench, hadn't started a single game this year. Has been pretty good from three, hit right at 50%. We take that, 9 of 18 for them. He is their leading three-point shooter. Wears jersey number three, averaging 12 points a game. Uh, Kawasi Reeves, a starter, leads the team in minutes. He's shooting 50% from the floor. Really more of a facilitator than a scorer. 5 of 14 from beyond the arc. Pretty good free throw shooter. 13 of 14, best percentage on the team. Uh, 16 rebounds for him and a dozen points a game. Tyson Cloud, also a starter and really a guy that uh, has done a good job for them, mostly in the paint, averaging 10 yards, excuse me, 10 points a game, uh, pulling down 6.8 rebounds. The, uh, the top rebounder on the team, averaging 8 a game, is uh, Bay Dongo. He's only played one game, though, so I'm not even sure if he's available this evening. But um, this, again, a team that uh, has had some real challenges this year. They have been more of a second-half team than a first-half team, uh, scoring 35 points more 
through four games in the second half than the first. Their opponents are averaging uh, a much better percentage than they are, uh, which kind of stands to reason with the blowout against Cincinnati. But, uh, again, a, a team that State should be able to go in there and handle. And basketball is fun again. Right? It's like it doesn't matter who shows up on a schedule. We now expect to win. There were times, especially when when Tolu went down, we are all beginning to think, you know, this is going to be a tough stretch for us. And now you begin to look at the schedule and think, you know what, hey, we've got a chance to go undefeated in a non-conference, a chance to really get inside the top 20. There was a lot of cries from Bulldog fans last week, a rank issue, Kyle, which will they have? This is a quality basketball team, and only going to get better when Tolu Smith returns. Only going to get better. Uh, you'll have another chance to see the Bulldogs on Sunday in Starkville. We go back to Atlanta uh, for the holiday hoops giving to take on Tulane uh, on Saturday, December the 9th, and then the Bulldogs back against Murray State. And a reminder, too, the North Texas game in Tupelo, the Bulldog initiative benefits from those ticket sales. Uh, we at Jeans Page are also committed uh, to uh, putting up some money for the Magnolia Madness game against North Texas so whether you're going to the game or not, let me encourage you to buy some tickets. And I know it's Christmas season, I get it, but there are some tickets in the upper level for just 10 bucks. So uh, maybe buy a half dozen or a dozen of those and then donate them. You'll find uh, some kids maybe around the Tupelo area uh, through a charity or whatever, a, a church, youth group, whatever, and uh, you can be a part of that. Because, again, this is really about raising money for our NIL. We'll make the trip to uh, Rutgers and uh, that could be a difficult game, you know, just because of the fact it, it, that's a long way to go. But that's in New York, New Jersey, but it's still a game we expect to win. We'll round out the non-conference schedule uh, on December 31st, New Year's Eve in Starkville against Bethune-Cookman. The next thing you know, we're in the SEC play. So uh, a, a real good chance for us to sweep non-conference. But any time that you go on the road and play a Power 5 opponent, you better bring a lunch pail. And, uh, and we will. You know Chris Jans. You know, we'll grind it out. And, uh, again, one of these schedules you look at and say, you know what, we could have just scheduled the you know, Mississippi School of Math and Science, uh, you know, ten times and, and uh, given ourselves some false confidence. But uh, instead we're willing to play some uh, non-conference opponents in the Power Five. On the women's side of things, these ladies are ranked too. Yeah, how about that? How about that? And uh, the Bulldogs go up there in the Van Chancellor Classic and win the whole shooting match out there in Katy, Texas. Good wins for the Bulldogs, 81-78 winners over Clemson. There you go again, a Power 5 opponent on a neutral floor. Uh, you get Arkansas Pine Bluff, 77-68, and then Tulsa, you leave no doubt against them, 102-58. Sam Purcell doing a good job coaching down the stretch. Uh, we have been able to finish, and we have been in some real tug-of-wars down the stretch. And uh, But Sam and the ladies have made some big shots. We dialed up some good things offensively. Big game uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, against Miami. Two undefeated teams in Humphrey Coliseum. If you're on the fence about coming, I encourage you to come out. Could be a big game for the Bulldogs net. But also, too, again, we're a Power 5 team, too. You come into Humphrey Coliseum, you got to face a lot of people that want to see the Bulldogs win. We're not just there to be observers of the events, but participants and so we need everybody to be there to, uh, to bring a loud, loud home court advantage for the ladies as they look to remain undefeated and advance their record to 9-0 and on a year. And I get a chance for us, really. I mean, this is probably the last big real test for us 
until we go to Colorado State. And again, it's a, it's a tough road environment, uh, but good chance for the ladies to, uh, to go undefeated in non-conference as well. That's how things kind of lay out for us. And uh, excited about everything. Really, everything's kind of moving forward. Ran into Chris Simonis last night. He turned out for the uh, Jeff Levy announcement. That was a really nice thing. You know, Chris is there, a little bit chilly, and uh, walks up and speaks to some of us in the media. And uh, Bulldogs also picked up a big commitment yesterday. Robert Fortenberry had a chance to talk to Robert. He is a left-handed pitcher out of Weatherford College in Weatherford, Texas. Now, he initially committed to TCU. If you know anything about college baseball, you know TCU. And really the driving force there, even though Sloshnagel was a big part of things, the guy that has always, always, always had my respect at TCU is pitching coach Kirk Sarlos, who's now the head coach. If there is a pitcher out there that Kirk Sarlos wants, I want that guy too. Because so, Kirk has taken you know the pitching staff at TCU and made them some of the best pitchers in the country from time to time. Uh, he's a guy that's big on development. Uh, much like Justin Parker. Like when you start ranking pitching coaches in this country, Parker may not have the same resume as Kirk, but uh, has the same level of respect. But Kirk is a guy that our Major League Baseball contacts really depend on. And so Fortenberry commits to TCU out of high school. In his final high school game of his career, he tears the UCL. Takes a year off, rehabs, gets back in the shape, and then posts a 10-1 record last year in 16 starts. He had 17 appearances, came in one time to close out a game and got the save there. Had a 2.74 ERA, struck out 75, uh, or 79 and 75 innings pitch, something like that. But uh, basically a strikeout per inning. Yes, it's junior college ball, but when you got a left-hander throwing strikes at the proficiency that he does, it kind of validates Kurt Sarlos' evaluation of him. And uh, we're on him. We've taken him. Uh, he will be part of the 2024 class. He'll play this year at Weatherford and then uh, make the move to Starkville and be a part of our program next fall. Junior college players typically show up in August. But a good commitment for Mississippi State, and we begin to start adding some players to this class. And uh, the level we're recruiting right now, I think you feel good about the direction of things. You, you do. Uh, but offensively, we expect to be a really good team. And Justin Parker's got to do his thing on the defensive side. Uh, but think about this, too. We're under three months away from opening up college baseball season. And, of course, we'll have some very entertaining basketball to watch. The next thing you know, it will be in the hunt for an NCAA tournament berth on both sides of basketball right around the time the baseball starting. And, uh, again, there's a lot of optimism. I know that talking to some other people in college baseball circles, they feel like Mississippi State is going to have a rebound year this year. While people were more hopeful last year, I think the expectation this year is the Bulldogs have a chance to make a big jump. Uh, on the baseball diamond, I can tell you that, that defensively we are light years ahead of where we were last year. Light years ahead, which only helps your pitchers. And uh, talking uh, to people about Justin Parker, they say he has made a tremendous impact already. Now, what's going to be in the headlines here in the days ahead is going to be the Mississippi State football staff. Uh, now, there's going to be some names out there. Getting some information that DeMarco Murray – Running backs coach at Oklahoma has been mentioned in connection with the Mississippi State offensive coordinator job. Got that tip yesterday. I'm told this morning the expectations he's going to stay in Norman. Of course, he is a Sooner. A lot of people thought he would stay forever. Uh, I understand he has had some conversations with Jeff Labby about coming here. Uh, 
don't know that that happens, but uh, it is a name to watch. And I think, again, it just kind of points to the fact that Levy is uh, looking to find people that know his system, that are comfortable with him. There were some other people that suggested Kendall Browse may come. I'm, I'm told now by four different sources, including one uh, that has come onto our board that uh, has some connections with that family, that Kendall will not be coming to Mississippi State. I talked to some other people that know the Levy tree and uh, the Kendall Browse family really well that said the chances of them working together at this time probably not very good, not that there's any beef, but it's one of those things too that now that Jeff's gotten a head coaching job, uh, it's going to motivate and push Kendall Browse even more to go get one of his own. And uh, Kendall Browse, the primary play caller at TCU, and Levy plans to call plays here. Uh, so it doesn't make a lot of sense for Kendall to come. I know a lot of people drew that parallel very early in this process. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out soon enough, but uh, probably not the early names going to be hired. A lot of discussion about Joe John Fenley, Oklahoma tight end coach, possibly coming in. Also was at Ole Miss with Levy. Uh, some discussion about J.R. Sandling as a guy, too. That he's the director of recruiting there, but he's also got some experience as an on-the-field coach. Uh, that he may be a part of things as we kind of move forward. Uh, D.J. Durkin's name continues to be mentioned in connection with the defensive coordinator position. Uh, I was told he is an obvious candidate, but not the only candidate. Uh, Durkin obviously is a guy that kind of fits what Levy's looking for. He discussed last night at length that he wants an experienced D.C. He wants a guy that's been there, done it all, and seen it all. And, of course, Durkin now uh, likely looking for a job as A&M now has brought in Mike Elko Elko will likely bring the majority of his staff with him from Duke. And now Duke, uh, kind of in a negative position here now, right? They lose their head coach, you know, just days before the portal opens. And, of course, in-home visits begin. And now they've got to conduct the coaching search. And so you, now you start thinking, hey, if you're Mississippi State and some other people around there, maybe you start looking to poach some players off that Duke commitment list if there are people you're interested in. Uh, the portal now open for Duke players as well. And, uh, again, the portal in and of itself for, for teams that do not have a coaching change opens on Monday. So you're going to see a flurry of names. You're going to see some guys take official visits to Mississippi State. You're going to have some people out there that are uh, going to be Bulldogs that maybe you don't know yet. And that's important to understand. We have to flip this roster and flip it very quickly, and I understand that's one of the big selling points. I do think some Oklahoma players will follow Levy to Starkville. I do. I'm not going to name them. I've heard some names out there, but uh, you know they had, they're, they're getting ready to play for a Big 12 championship, so I think a lot of people uh, that are there that maybe consider making the move will get through the weekend and then perhaps go in the portal on Monday. And you never know what the destination is going to be for Oklahoma uh, when it comes to a bowl game. But it's important to understand now that uh, – excuse me, they're not in the Big 12 championship game. So they'll get through the weekend and then uh, get through the portal. Excuse me. But um, – yeah, I think you're going to see some guys trade in the crimson and cream for the maroon and white. Don't know how many, don't know which all personnel groups, but uh, I suspect you'll see some guys on the offensive side uh, make a move. So it's not like we're going to go raid the roster, but there will probably be a couple of guys that make the move over here. Uh, we do know that Mississippi State will take a portal quarterback. Uh, we understand that. There's been some connections already that people are beginning to talk about. But once the portal opens, you'll have a pretty good idea of what you're looking at. I know that there was some discussion already about some guys out there showing some interest in state prior to going in the portal. But it is going to be an absolute carousel of activity 
uh, beginning on Monday when it comes to the portal. And so we're going to do our best to keep you updated on everything over at jeanspage.com, the number one source for Mississippi State sports, uh, 247 Sports affiliate. I cannot thank CBS and 247 for all they've done uh, to promote our website here over the last few weeks. Uh, as, I, as I've shared on Jeans page, I mean, you know, when we announced that uh, John Summerall and Jeff Levy were the finalists for the job, that was on the CBS crawl credited to me and to Jeans page. Uh, that's a pretty cool thing. That's never happened before. Pretty, We've come a long way, kids. We have. Speaking of come a long way, the new book is out. When the bottom falls, you can order today. They'll probably ship the next day or thereafter. Anybody that's already bought the book, I'm told that uh, everything should be shipped today. If you hadn't already received notification, your order's been processed, you should. Uh, today, I uh, did some checking on that yesterday. You know, the book came out last Monday, and then the, all the personalizations were shipped out first. And there were a lot of pre-orders that were just signed books that they had to do. And, of course, it was the holidays, right? So let's give people a little bit of a break. But, uh, you know, the holiday didn't turn into a one-week vacation. So the people uh, working through that, they'll have those books out. And um, we look forward uh, to you guys reading it. Send me your reviews, good, bad, or indifferent. And all my sports books are there, too. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and, again, it's Christmas time, so be thinking about that. Maybe you know some Barnyard listeners that uh, – you know, would benefit from having a Stark Villain shirt. So rep the brand again at StarkVillains.com. You can get a, a number of hoodies there, T-shirts. There's a lot to choose from. And uh, I appreciate Jason Stoker and those guys through uh, uh, the Deep South Pout Group that help us uh, facilitate. They've been selling shirts for a long time. And uh, it's, it's always so cool when I see people wearing them. They come to book signings, they're wearing their Stark Villain hoodie. It's really cool. Really, really cool. And I thank you guys so much. And uh, for those of you that have read the early portions of the book, uh, that uh, have reached out and shared your thoughts. I can tell you that means more to me than I could possibly share. So uh, let's get out of here. I got to get dressed, and uh, which I'm dressed now, but I got to change clothes, kind of get cleaned up, and uh, head for an ink therapy appointment. And then I'll be back, and then we're going to write the Now That It's Over article about the Mississippi State coaching search. That'll be available for uh, subscribers at jeanspage.com. If you're not a subscriber, you need to jump on board uh, now. That's jeanspage.com. Again, the 247 Sports Affiliate from Mississippi State. Guys, there's a lot to feel good about right now. There's a lot of juice. And uh, I would encourage, if you hadn't done so, be part of the Million Dollar Match through the Bulldog Initiative. Every amount counts. It doesn't matter if it's $10 or $10,000. Uh, we need it all and appreciate everybody that have contributed uh, to that so far. Uh, well, listen, let's get out of here. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.